Welcome to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. This is the Bears edition. The Bears played the Saints yesterday, lost in overtime. So with me, as always, for the Bears podcast is Mike Pusateri. Mike, how are things going? Things are well. So uh, this is not our election special. This is the Bears podcast. That's both. The last, the uh, the first three hours will be on the Bears. The last six <laughs> uh, will be on the election. Okay, good. Um, so if you uh, if you want to uh, listen to the podcast, you're listening to the podcast, so you found it. But if you didn't find it, you can go to any of your favorite podcast vendors. Um, you know, the iTunes or Spotify or the, wherever, and you can find it there. You can also find links to them at discipio.com. You can so sign up for my newsletter at pointlessexercise.com. And if you want to see what Mike is up to, you can go to mikepusateri.com. M-I-K-E-P-U-S-A-T-E-R-I.com. Is that right? Yeah, that was I almost sang the Mickey Mouse song <laughs> as I tried to M I K. <laughs> that was work. a professional uh, for plug that it doesn't work all right yeah. so uh the bears feigned competence yesterday for almost an entire half they had a 10 point lead at one point against a saints team that has a quarterback who a right-handed quarterback who i think could throw the ball farther with his left arm now than he can his right arm uh, and did not have a wide receiver but other than that, the Saints were... And, and made, made, made no difference in the end. It, it, made, it made zero difference. Um, he had all the arm strength he needed to carve up the Bears, who clearly had absolutely no idea what they were doing defensively or offensively for that matter. Now, I would have lost a lot of money because I was sure that at some point yesterday, um, because he was, you know, now the Drew doesn't have the arm he used to have for a couple of reasons, right? I mean, one was... The reason he's a saint is because in a late-season game the year he was going to become a free agent, I think against the Denver Broncos, they tore his shoulder, his right shoulder, basically off of his body. He had to have it sewn back on. Went to the Dolphins for a workout. Nick Saban was the coach there. Nick wanted to sign him. The doctor said, no, this dainty little guy, can't. his arm has fallen off. Don't sign him. Got Dante Culpepper instead. Uh, it didn't quite work out for Nick. He skedaddled to the college football. Drew signed with the Saints. Turns out, arm's fine. Yeah. For a long time, but now he's, is he 40? He's at least 40. So he's 40 with a surgically repaired arm. It's now starting to give up on him. Yeah. Um, he's 41, by the he's way. 40. 41. All right. Yeah, be 42 in January. Yeah. And, um, the Saints have still, especially the last like four weeks, their offense has been pretty productive for not having a wide receiver, for having a quarterback who can't throw very far. Um, it really seemed very odd to me, though, that the the way the Bears were playing defense seemed to still respect the fact that Drew might throw the ball down this way. Like, yeah. shouldn't you have, especially they don't have their, their two best wide receivers. They don't have um, Michael Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders. Got a quarterback who if he has to throw the ball far, has to really like lob it. It's going to be up there for quite a while. And well, and, it, and it's a windy, breezy yes, day. And it's so. a terrible day to throw, even you know for a, a, a for someone who's not handy capable. And 
the Bears seem to play their just their normal pass defense, which is yeah. usually pretty good. And it wasn't bad, but that really seemed like all right. He we're going to make him throw the ball down the field to beat us. We're going to take away the middle of the field. He's going to have to throw to the sidelines. That ball's going to hang up there. Eddie Jackson's going to have three picks. No, they did none of that. No. And yet the defense did not play poorly. I mean, there is there was one pass play to Jared Cook where uh, Jalen Johnson, the ball's in the end zone. Jalen Johnson, a good five yards behind Jared Cook in the end zone. I don't know what he was. Maybe he thought Staley was a was an eligible receiver, and he was like in the fourth row back there, and he's like, I got Staley. No, he's our mascot, and he's not in play. <laughs> yeah, cover him. You you don't need to be behind that guy that much. Yeah, you can't. We need to defend the entire end zone, not just. The- <laughs> The back five yards of the end. <laughs> Jalen's lined up looking back like, holy shit. Who's got the first five yards of the end zone? Well, <laughs> well, all, the, all those seats. I got to cover all those? No, you don't. I don't know where you went to college, but it was Utah, right? You didn't have to guard. You didn't have to cover all the Mormons and the guys on the field. Just the guys on the field. Yeah. <sighs> so. Yeah, that, that was an odd play. Now, the game was highlighted, I think. By a, a very odd incident. Now, have you seen the entire... We saw the aftermath. We saw the conclusion of this incident. Did you see on Twitter the things that led up to Javon Wims punching C.J. Gardner-Johnson, whose actual first name is Chauncey? He's literally Chauncey the Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> um, did you see Why? what happened before that? I saw well. I saw that he, you know, when he poked his finger through the helmet um, right, of Anthony Miller. That turns out that was Anthony not. Miller. That did not have anything to do with it. Other, it, it proved in a court of law. It would prove that and the fact that um, Mike Thomas punched him a couple of weeks ago in practice. Right. It just proves CJ's an asshole. But if <laughs> if you got rid of all the assholes in the NFL, you know. You, he wouldn't. I don't know who's left. Nick Foles would be play, He'd be the MVP because he'd be playing by himself. He'd be the only guy left in the league. Right. So, turns out, a few plays earlier, um, after an inc- I'm sure it was an incomplete pass. It's the Bears' offense. C.J. Gardner Johnson and Javon Wims are yapping at each other. Javon has his mouth guard. You know, he's left it out of his mouth. It's kind of hanging off his face mask. CJ okay. reaches up, grabs his mouth guard, rips it off of his face mask, and throws it on the grass. Oh. The mouth guard lays on the ground for like two or three more plays until the bear offense gets that far down the field. Somebody picks it up and like throws it off the field. Uh-huh. And, Did they uh, sanitize and the replay, the Joe and Troy week? noticed it. I didn't, I didn't know I didn't notice none of this during the game. They're like... Joe's like, well, somebody threw something off the field. And Troy's like, yeah, that's been laying there for like the last three plays. So after the incompletion, Javon goes to the sidelines, and he's not subbed in for um, the rest of that drive. That ended up being a punt. Saints came down, kicked the field goal, tied the game. Bears get the ball back again. The first play he came back in for was the one we saw. So the Bears had a second and five on their own 36. Play ends. Javon goes over to, it looks like, rip the mouth guard off of CJ's face mask. It's not readily available. So instead, he just punches him in the helmet. 
He calls an audible and says, well, I can't pull the mouth guard. I'll just punch it. Maybe I can dislodge it from his mouth by punching him in the head. And nobody's going to notice that. Nobody's going to see me punch a guy He hits him and then hits him again. Because I honestly think had he simply slugged him and ran off, I think he'd have got away with it. Yeah. He hit him and then he did it a second time, which is because, you know, usually people see the second punch. You're not supposed to throw both. (laughs) You're supposed to throw the first one. And then the retaliating punch gets you... Gets that guy a penalty. CJ's supposed to throw the, right. the second punch. And Javon threw both of them. But CJ just stood there like, okay, hit me again. And he did. Yep. That was so not how, uh, This whole thing is just so stupid. All of it. The child is pulling the mouth guard off. Then the, like, 10 minutes of real, maybe longer than that, 15 minutes of actual time where Javon's over on the sidelines going, I'm going to get that. I'm going to get I'm going to get his mouth guard. He got mine. I'm going to get his. It's like, huh. yeah, no, yeah. just no. Yeah. How about catch a pass yeah. in front of him? Maybe do that. That well, might be Javon a good had already way. caught one pass for nine yards. Cause that's oh, the so. only pattern he runs is the nine yard out <laughs> when you need 10 yards on third and 10. Yeah. So. I was amazed that his, his career average isn't nine yards. I would just assumed that he was right. <laughs> 9.0 but it's like seven and a half instead. Oh. So wow. clearly he had a few patterns where they needed five yards. Yeah. Like, well, I can only get four on this one. Yeah. There were a few third and eights along the way. <sighs> so, so yeah, in a tie game, he does that. Bears, instead of second and five, end up a second and 20. That does not excuse what happens next, which is, that was the first point of what happened quite a bit in the game where Nick Foles, instead of, you know, quarterbacks either take typically like a three-step drop or a five-step drop or a seven-step drop. Nick, on that pattern, started, on that play, started what went on the rest of the game, the 26-yard, not even 20, the 26-step drop. (laughs) What are you doing? Just dropping, just continually dropping back and then just heaving the ball blindly down the field. Now, with, with the Bears line, you can understand why he'd be tempted to do that. Yes, Try, trying to run, trying to run to safety. However, one of the, I guess, one of the good things about having a crap offensive line is that when your starters get hurt, the backups aren't any worse. <laughs> it's just a different crap. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's a different, maybe it's a slightly different odor, but it's the same texture. Yeah, there's still right. bits of corn in them. It's an almond joy it's, versus a. It's mild. funny because. Supposedly, Sam Mustafer was so impressive at center yesterday that there's some thought that when Cody Whitehair comes back, he'll go to guard so that Sam can uh, can stay. And that's fine. That's whatever. Um, yeah, they're, they have – I didn't know who Jason Spriggs was. I had no idea. And then, of course, I had to be really worried because he got hurt. Like, oh, my God, not Jason Spriggs. I just, I just learned who he was five minutes ago. Right, but he right. came back. Because then that, that necessitated even more of a shuffle because they bring Alex Bars in, but he's, he's a guard. So then Rashawn Coward went out to tackle. And Rashawn Coward is the guy who we got to see be completely befuddled by the most basic line stunt you've ever seen in your life. I mean, it's, it was textbook. It's the guy in front of him goes off of his left shoulder, leaving a gaping hole in front of him. 
anybody who's played football from seventh grade on is like, oh, somebody's about to come around right in front of me. He's like, oh, nobody to block there. Turns and starts to run the opposite way, leaving a hole you could have driven a truck through for somebody to go, you know, nail poor little Nick Foles. Yeah. Yeah, just awful. Uh, But the most exciting part of the game, I thought, was we finally got to see it. We'd been teased it for weeks, and you and I figured out that they were going to run the the Mitch. So this started, what, the week? I don't think the week after. So that was the Colts game, right? They played. He got benched against the Falcons. Um, I don't think it started right away. So it would been the game after that, which they've all blended together. Uh, whoever that was, Carol, whoever it was, whoever that, it was. Yeah. yeah, rumors that there's a the the Bears had to have to keep um, Tyler Bray active because they've got a Taysom Hill like package for Mitch, <laughs> which just thought it was hilarious. And you and I are both like, well, they're not. They're gonna hold, we're gonna wait for the Saints. They're gonna want to show Sean Payton and Taysom Hill. Look what we've got. Yeah, you think that's yeah. exciting? Here's Mitch. In and front we saw of a it. national and, game of the week audience. And too. I was they amazed at how creative it was and how many different ways they used Mitch and all the different formations. <laughs> and they really showed off all of his athleticism because they let him play quarterback for one play, do an RPO where he kept the ball, fell down after three yards, went to the sidelines, put his cap back on. And other than warming Nick up at one point in the fourth quarter, didn't do with anything. No. I don't think he took his coat off again after that. So I hate to tell Matt Nagy this. That's not a package. You just had a play. And you have a normal, that's just a regular play in the offense. Anyway, just put Mitch in to run it at some random point. It's not like it was, it wasn't like third and one. That's like, well, let's put the more athletic quarterback in to give us that the option to run him. This was like a first and 10 in the middle of the field. And they just bring him in and they run one play. And then we never see him again. That was it. So Nagy gets asked about it in the post game, and says, "Oh, we really like that. We got a lot of stuff we can do with that." And the best part is, uh, other teams have to prepare for it. <laughs> do they? They don't. What is there to prepare for there? There's really nothing to prepare for. Okay, so they have two crap quarterbacks. One of them is shorter and a little bit faster. If they bring him in, uh, he can't throw, uh, and when he runs it, he's just going to fall down. Yeah. Was, okay, guys, everybody got that? Yeah, we got that. Like, oh, yeah. Finney's like, they had to spend like 15 seconds. <laughs> Which, by the way, that. we already have film on that yeah. play, by the way. Play it from, for years in a row of the Mitch try to run the ball, fall down after three yards. I just, uh, you know, we talk about the same thing every week. I write about the same thing every week. But I have to because it's it happens every week. The sheer lack of creativity is astounding mm-hmm. on that offense. Now, they seem to have a new, a weird new formation that they broke out, where um, they ran it a few times when they had Corderell and Montgomery in the game at the same time. Nick lines up in the shotgun. They line up on each side of him. He makes a couple of calls. Corderell, like goes in motion like to the slot. They wait for him to get set. Then they snapped the ball. That's about as creative as they got. Oh, except for they did this. This. Do you remember the play where they ran? I have to get this right. It's not. It's not a reverse. 
until the second person has one. So it's just an end round. If one yeah. guy does it, it's an end round. So they run um, Anthony Miller at the snap, comes around, do a little front toss to him, and he gets obliterated. <laughs> he gets obliterated because prior to the snap, they had Corderell on the other side, and he ran in motion tw- the opposite direction. So when they snap the ball, the guy covering Corderell is running at full speed right where they're going to give Anthony Miller the ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. Somebody's drawing it up and say, all right, who's going who's gonna to tackle him? Well, certainly not this guy who's going to be right in his lap at the time we give him the ball. Hey, he's, you know, he'll miss him, and then he'll, he can run up the side. He just has to break like six tackles and then come up the sidelines. That's a 40-yard gain. And all the Bears coaches sit there, pat themselves on the back. Oh, that's a great one. Oh, that's, yeah, we, look at that. That's something. <sighs> you'd, you'd say, you know, perhaps that um, since Matt wasn't wearing his visor, <laughs> you know, that's like Samson without his hair. But unfortunately, we know that he can't run it. <laughs> There's no power in the visor. We have seen no creativity really since he took the job. No, only with, and we got teased this, at least on Twitter. So remember the first year, the creativity came like on goal line plays because they were like bringing random defensive players out to play offense mm-hmm. and giving them funny names and like Oompa Loompa and all this shit. <laughs> and they were fairly effective in the red zone. Well, during the game yesterday, right before the, a timeout, Apparently, I didn't. We didn't see it during the game, but all the guys in the press box started to tweet about it. Eddie Jackson had come into the offensive huddle, and everybody was all excited. And there was a timeout. Unreal. It's not like the Saints like, holy shit, it's Eddie Jackson timeout. Right. I think there was a timeout. Eddie comes out during the timeout. Eddie goes back to the sidelines, <laughs> and they just run a play without him. Because then, like, you can read it on Twitter. It's like one minute ago, Eddie Jackson in the huddle, and then now, uh, never mind. Eddie's coming off the field. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt was so afraid that during that timeout, they they schemed to stop Eddie Jackson and the brilliant play he had drawn up for him. Now, so the, the one of the one of the changes, one of the huge changes the Bears made was uh, they actually decided to employ a punt returner this week who will actually return punts. Yeah, the great the great Dwayne Harris, who I decided is Demetrius Harris's older brother. <laughs> um. So he's the new punt returner. One of the things, though, was why did they stick with Ted Ginn as long as they did, especially in the Rams game, when he showed no inkling of wanting to catch a punt, and it cost the Bears five different times. Punts landed and rolled inside the 10. Five times. In the same game. They made, like, Johnny Hecker, his Hall of Fame plaque, is going to just have, like, Chris Tabor and Matt Nagy's pictures at the bottom. No words, just those two dumbfounded looks. Like, oh, I don't know. Um, so there's like, why wouldn't, at some point, at least during that game, after like the second one of those, yeah, just turn around and whoever, because obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, the Bears, a normal football team, if Ted's going to be your punt returner, you have somebody else also practicing in case Ted gets hurt. There's somebody yes. else. So it's, it's probably Anthony Miller. At some point, we've gone, Anthony, go, go try to catch the punt. I know it'll probably hit you in the face mask, and, <laughs> right. and we'll lose the ball. But that's just at least go try it. They didn't right. do that. But the, uh, there is, they do have one excellent punt returner on their roster, a guy who was 
one of the best college punt returners who's returned a few for them. I um I don't I don't know how many, but it's Eddie Jackson. Eddie was an amazing punt returner in college. In fact, I, that may have been how he broke his leg, which is the whole reason he's a bear. Right. Because, you know, all-American caliber safety breaks his leg, and all these football guys are like, well, I don't know, we didn't play the last four weeks. I don't know if he's any good. It's like he's got three and a half years of tape. Yeah. Maybe look at that instead. But yeah. it worked out he's... fine. The Bears got him. Right. So, so then it was like, well, maybe they should have HL. Oh, you can't risk him. Right, like, right, right. You don't have that many guys on this team that can make plays. You can't protect them. You can't wrap them all in bubble wrap. Plus, teams aren't throwing the ball anywhere near Eddie on defense. Mm-hmm. So he's basically resting over there. Maybe let him return punts so that he can actually touch the ball once in a while. Now, granted, in overtime, Eddie had the chance to, I guess it would have just sealed the tie. You know, they weren't going to decide they were going to drive down the field and score, given the way no. the offense was playing. But he had it. He broke on the ball, had what looked like an interception, and didn't catch it. Yeah. But his opportunities to touch the ball are few and far between. And he's he scored a touchdown this year and had two called back because of penalty, one of which was his own penalty, which always cracks me up. That's the football equivalent of a pitcher making an error and then giving up four unearned runs in the end. <laughs> it's like... You don't get to bitch about giving up for your error is the reason the game up. So you don't get to complain about getting a call back when you're the guy who created the penalty right. to get the ball in the first place. But that's fine. We'll at least it's not Ted. We'll uh, we'll see how Dwayne works out. Well, um, he 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 had a he he returned a total of 17 yards on three carries, and yeah. we thought, well, this is this is phenomenal. Look at the improvement. Um, it's the most. Punt return yards in a bear game since Johnny Bailey ran a 95-yard punt back um, against the Vikings, maybe? Um, I'm pretty sure. 17 is the next highest. Yeah, but to your other point, I mean, Ted, why they the Bears coaching staff did not recognize this? I mean, Ted Ginn may as well have been wearing a sandwich board saying, I don't, run, I don't want to return punts well, for the he, last three weeks, and they kept putting yeah. them out. In the Atlanta game. I'm sitting on that chair right there that people can't see, but I can see, which is, I don't know, 1,800 miles from Atlanta. And I could tell he didn't want to run the punts back. Yeah. Actually, I think he may have started against the Giants. Is that the game? I go back to this all the time, but to me, it was one of the most, and one of the one of the articles on Pointless Exercise has a picture of it. The one where he just, at the very last second, just like threw his arms up in the air and caught the ball over his head. It was the most dismissive catch of a punt I've ever seen. It was basically like, oh, fuck it, fine. I caught it. You happy? It's like, no, we're not. You're supposed to return those. So, yeah. Yeah, there's a, you know, Nagy was bitching today about, you know, this got to, we got to clean this up. We're the most undisciplined team in the league. We lead the league in penalties. Um, And they don't even lead the league in like cool. And and Troy brought up like the, you know, you don't think of the Bears as being an undisciplined team. You think of like the, maybe it wasn't him, but somebody said, you don't think of them. That's the Raiders. Yeah, you think of the Raiders. But other than the Javon Wims, you know, face slap, these aren't Raider-like penalties. This is not, you know, for the most part. I mean, Akeem gets called for roughing the passer, which seems to be bullshit when he gets called for it, or a head slap. Uh, But most of the penalties are false starts. Yeah. Or too many men on the field, or too many men in the huddle. These are not, these are uh, mostly penalties of, like, omission, not commission. 
delay of game. Yes. Ted Hendricks didn't get his reputation by, you know, jumping off sides three times, or, you know, encroaching three times in a game. No, he was like picking guys up with a helmet and like slamming them upside down. That's not what the Bears are doing. The Bears, what the Bears are doing is literally the, 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 the library or the uh, dictionary definition of undisciplined. Lining up in the neutral zone is not going to put fear in the hearts of any NFL quarterback. Uh, I see the way I intimidated Drew Brees. I lined up with my helmet three inches too close to him. Ha-ha. That'll have him thinking twice. Like, what? <laughs> put, put that on film. I will give the Bears credit for one penalty that I thought was progress. In the third quarter, third and four, they're not going to get. You can just tell. Uh, play clock is running down. They didn't waste the time out. They just took, they ate the penalty. Yeah. They good teams do that. The Bears never do that. The Bears always, oh my God, you know, it's like, no, you're not just you it should be possible to get nine yards in the third quarter of a game and not give up. One you only get three timeouts. It's yeah, they're too valuable. It's, it's Don Baylor bunting in the first inning. That's the right. exact same thing as yeah. um taking a delay game in the you know, either the first quarter or the third quarter. Yes. You know, just eat it. And now if it's like third and one maybe call the timeout. You know, if you think you got to play like, oh shit, this play is going to work, but we're going to run out of time. Call timeout, run the play. Right. But if it's, you know, if it's four, five, six, especially sometimes the Bears, especially the Bears, they have lots of chances for this. It's like third and 12. <laughs> Don't call the timeout. You're not going to get 12 yards. No. You might as well try 17. Just make it fun. Yeah. And at least you can keep your timeout when you might be valuable later in the game. Or you can do this. So, fourth quarter, big third down stop, uh, down by three points, 227 to go. You call timeout there, they punt, you're going to get a play, then the two-minute warning. What do the Bears do? They just stand there and watch, (laughs) watch it go down. So now you don't even get the two-minute warning with the ball. Yeah. And I'm sure he's like, well, we kept that timeout then. It's like, no, you... A good team knows that when you have the ball, you can dictate how much of the clock you use. You can throw right. the ball out of bounds. Your quarterback can just, you know, go, well, this play's not going to work, and just throw it in the grass. When you're on defense, you are at the mercy of the offense running the clock for you. They decide when they snap the ball. If they don't want to go out of bounds, they run a play where the guy doesn't get any close to the out-of-bounds line. But on So the only way you can control the clock on defense is to strategically use your timeouts. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you seen Bill Belichick purposely use all three timeouts before the two-minute warning when they don't have the ball, knowing that let's save as much time as we can to give it to, well, it used to be Tom Brady, now it's Cam, and then we'll dictate how much of this clock we use. That's not, you know. Nagy just stood there and watched 27 seconds go off. And if you don't think it mattered... They ended up they ended up with two brilliant pieces of strategy. They're starting to run out of time to kick the to kick the uh, game tying field goal. And on a third down, they run a play a yard short of the first down. They set themselves up with a fourth and one. So little little Frodo Santos has to come out and kick a field goal, a 51-yard field goal on a day when the wind was like would blow like 40 miles an hour from the west and then stop, and then blow 40 miles an hour from the east. Not only that, but um, Sean Payton had timeouts, and it's the end of the game. He's going to use his. 
little poor little guy had to kick it twice. Yeah. And what did he do? <laughs> he nailed it both nailed times. Nailed it. Dead, yeah. center, perfect. MVP. Yes. He's by far their best player. Well, he is clearly their best player. <sighs> that says a lot about the five and three Bears. Well, and the other thing you would, you know, with 227, it's particularly obvious what you should do there. I could see clearly Nagy with like calling a timeout with like 208. Yeah. Oh, that's the Lovey Smith. Yeah. And he kicked the ball, and then you're, you know, you start your possession with 202 on the clock. Yeah. You run a play, and there's a two minute warning. Yeah. One stop. of the so most famous, nothing for you. One of the most famous fuck ups in Bear history didn't hurt him, but it almost did. Was, and, uh, Donahue and I talked about this, and I can't ever remember the year. It was the, um, oh, it was the year they went. Um, was it the Super Bowl year? Mike Holmgren is coaching Seattle in the playoffs, and oh, it had to be there. They went to the Super Bowl because Devin was on the team. Um, is that right? Yeah, never mind. Yeah, because the second time they they beat the Seahawks in the playoffs, it was to set up the great NFC Championship game against the Packers that we don't want to talk about. No. Okay, so they're playing the they're playing the Seahawks. Seahawks have the ball. They run the ball on third down, and there's like twenty seconds left in the half, and that's the time for Lovey to call a timeout and make them punt the ball to Devin Hester. Lovey doesn't think of it right away, or somebody doesn't get on his headset right away. He lets the clock run down to like four seconds, then he calls the timeout. So they have to punt the ball to Devin. Well, Mike Holmgren is not a moron. He's like, hey, there's only time for one play. We don't have to, we're not going to punt this. We're going to yeah. throw it down to the end zone and either get a Hail Mary touchdown or you're going to have a pass interference. We're going to kick a field goal and you're going to have given us three points that we weren't going to give you. Um, so that is, that's what you expect. Um, yeah, you, you're right. You expect Nagy to, to look up at the last second panic, call timeout. It's right. too close to the two-minute warning. I have to blow it, yeah. Right. So, that the, that. so that the Saints run that play and get to the two-minute warning, thereby ruining the whole reason you were going to call the timeout in the first place. That wasn't even Nagy's only ridiculous timeout usage. 140 to go in the in the overtime. It's like a, what was it, like a 31-yard field goal? Yeah. So he decides, he ices Will Lutz. <laughs> he uses his last timeout to ice the kicker. Well, you're not icing him. I mean, he'd made no. 20 in a row until he did a Cody Parkey and banked one off the upright. He's probably going to make his next 12 in a row. Right. So all you did was, in the unlikely event that he had missed the field goal, now you get the ball back with no timeouts. Yeah. Because you still have a minute 40 to try to win the game. But you've right. given that, field, that, that timeout away for nothing. Because you're not going to ice a veteran kicker on a 30-yard field goal. And the other part of that was, how stupid is Sean Payton not running Yes. Well, if, I think what, what it showed is that he, Payton figured out, it doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. A, he's probably going to make the field goal. If he doesn't, the Bears aren't going to drive down and beat us. No. Or maybe he's thinking, actually, this might have been what he's thinking. Okay, now if I was Sean Payton and I had the weird facelift and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. Here's what I would have been thinking in that instance. Let's save some time in case Lutz misses the field goal so that after Foles throws us the interception, <laughs> we can get back and kick another field goal. That may very well have been. 
I, I, I noticed this a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm not the only person who noticed this a couple of weeks ago, but teams are, are becoming very bold about going for it on fourth down against the Bears. Right. And it's not because of the defense. In fact, the defense might be the reason they do it. It's like, you know what? It's hard to get 10 yards and three plays on these guys. But yeah. if you get to a certain point of the field around midfield, there's very little risk if you don't make it. It's not like the Bear offense is going to come out on the field and make you pay for it. So they're like, oh, screw it. You know, fourth and two, let's try it. Big deal. I mean, yeah. the worst, of course, was Bruce Arians going for it on, what was he on, like his 26th? Yeah, right. He had no fear. He's like, nah. You know, it's like, we'll knock him out of field goal range even if we even if we do turn the ball over right here. Right. And then the Bears, of course, do that. We keep saying that, like, uh, fourth and two at their own 20. Yeah. They're going to go for it. And you've got Troy. I like this decision. Uh, like, I like this decision. Like, this is the stupidest decision of the quarter. I'm sure we'll make much stupider as we go along. But I mean, come on. That's moronic two ways. Number one, he meant he meant he was he liked the decision that he thought they were actually going for it. Yeah, right. He he wasn't smart enough to figure out they're right. just going to try to draw him off sides, and of course it's not going to work because right. no other team is un, is as undisciplined as the Bears are or stupid enough to fall for that. Only the Bears are stupid enough to fall for that. So I was at a I was at a Notre Dame Navy game. God, when would this have been? Like 97, maybe? And it was... Notre Dame was playing way too close a game against a terrible Navy team. This was towards the end of the Lou Holtz era when they did this. And um, two things happened late in the game. One was the Notre Dame decided to go for it on fourth and one because um, they were trying to drive to take retake the lead against Navy. And But it became clear right away they weren't really – they were doing that. They were just going to do this. I'm sitting next to my friend, and I'm like – it's like, do you think any like you think Naval Academy guys are gonna are gonna fall for this? Are gonna be yeah. that undisciplined? They did. <laughs> Five yard penalty. North Angus first down goes down. Scores. Um, the game ended on God, what was it? I think they had to. I think Notre Dame screwed up the the clock at the end and had to punt because Alan Rossum was on the field for Notre Dame. Little uh, he was a little kick returner for the Packers. He was a wide receiver and a kick returner for Notre Dame. And somehow we're sitting there watching the game, and Navy ends up with the ball. I think I think it was a punt. I think they had to punt, and he was on the field covering the punt. And it's like you know, get little some little five foot eight inch white guy from the Naval Academy starts trudging up the field with the ball, and all the Notre Dame guys you know surround him, and we all stand up. It's been raining all day. We're ready to go home. He pops out the other side, still running with the ball, and. Alan Rossum had to run like all the way across the field and pushed him out of bounds at like the five. <laughs> to save the game. Otherwise, they were going to lose. Um, but that's what I remember about it. But I remember literally saying the whole thing. It's like, it's not going to work against Navy. Yeah. These are the guys that defend us from you know all the evil right. in the world. They're not going to fall for this. And then they did. <laughs> and the guy who did it is like, you know, captaining a nuclear sub somewhere in the North Atlantic right, right now. We should all be very scared. <laughs> so there's a lot of talk among morons about um... <laughs> Mitch. Yes. Is it time to yeah. go back to Mitch? Got to go back to Mitch. Do they... Could Mitch do any worse? Yes, he, yes, so he did. Worse. And we watched him do worse for a very long 
time. And I even get the the galaxy brains who are like, you know, Mitch was three and zero when he got benched. Yeah, uh-huh. he played three terrible teams. They were going to lose to the Falcons. That's yeah. why he got benched. Actually, he was two and zero. They were going to lose to the Falcons. Um, like no, we don't need. There's a reason. I mean, um, like you don't think Nagy wanted Mitch to be good? Oh. Of course he did. If More he thought anything. if he thought Mitch could be like. You know, 4% better than Nick Foles, he would, he'd play him right now. He, 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 he knows probably play him. he's he'd not. Probably play him. He'd probably play him if he thought Mitch would be 4% worse than Nick yeah, Foles. Yeah, probably. He definitely wants Yeah, because Ryan him. Pace would like that because he's trying to justify the. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and everybody's like, well, I love the whole thing. Well, you know, the Bears don't block very well, so we need Mitch's athleticism. <laughs> oh, the athleticism. So th- this is, we all remember what Mitch's athleticism does in the pocket for him. He drops back. He feels pressure. He immediately spins to the middle of the field. Because we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. He loses five more yards every time. Yeah, that's the It's not like he's, you know, this isn't Steve Young, you know, like leaving Tampa and all of us heading to San Francisco and all of a sudden, oh my God, look at this, look what we have unleashed. Yeah. It's like, no, he does things. He makes worse mistakes than foals and he does them faster. Actually, he doesn't even do them faster. He just does them with a different panache. It's the same shit. He uses his athleticism to cost his own team yardage. Yes. That's especially. <sighs> no, and it's, I mean, a, a lot of the things, a lot of the reasons Mitch got benched were things that we don't, aren't, aren't as readily apparent on film. But it was clear that things, defenses were showing him things that he wasn't seeing. He wasn't getting them in the right play. He wasn't making the right, you know, he wasn't made pre-snap adjustments. He never, he couldn't make them. He just, he didn't understand them. And so, you know, Foles apparently makes them. They don't work, but at least he makes them. Right. And that makes Nagy, you know, it's like, well, see, that's what we, I don't get it. So then they had the thing in the, um, was, was it the third quarter? Maybe it was the fourth quarter when the headset went out. In the helmet. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. And so they were having a hard time getting um, getting things in and uh, getting the plays called. And, and if I was Foles, that's the immediate time I do the whole, can't hear you, just head to the huddle. Don't stand on the sidelines and try to have them signal it in so you can look at it on your real wristband. Just go to the huddle and start calling stuff. It's yeah. not going to be worse. Right. And then when they brought the other helmet out, I would have done the quick switcheroo thing because they made Corderell bring it out. I would have like grabbed it, but then just like shuffled it around, giving him the giving him the good one <laughs> yeah. back again. I went, ah, oh, this one yeah. doesn't work either. You know, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Or just pretend it doesn't work. Yeah. They're Everybody yelling into it. In Everybody air. in the huddle can hear Nagy yelling, and he's like, I can't. Oh, it's not working. Uh, Nobody yeah. in the huddle's gonna rat you out. They don't want to run this shit either. Right. Sorry, coach. <sighs> but it's. You know, that's another, that's just another example of them not being run like a, like a, like, well, like an NFL franchise, but not even like a a decent college program. The fact that you're so reliant on this one form of getting the plays in (laughs) and technology and technology fails that when it fails, you don't have a good backup. Yeah. You're like, oh God, we're screwed. We got nothing. We have no idea what to do. In this post game, it was clear Nagy was pissed at Foles because he's like, it's right there on the wristband. That's all he's got to do. It's on the wristband. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, that's fine. But how many, like, what hieroglyphics do you have to pantomime to tell him what what 
play on the wristband to look at. That could yeah. be the problem, Matt. It might not be that Nick can't read, although he went to he went to Arizona, right? So chances <laughs> are he can't read. But if he right. could, maybe it's his shapes. It's like, okay, guys, wait a minute. Here it is. Smiley face, eggplant, rain. <laughs> wait, is this a play or is this a dirty text? <laughs> No, let's try. You know what? Uh, run the thing where Giovanna, no. All right, somebody else run a nine yard out. That's all we need. Yeah. If it's third and 10, run the nine yard out. <laughs> That's what a fishing pole means. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fishing what we'll hear pole. next week. It'll be the, they're running the, uh, <laughs> the emoji, running the emoji offense. Yeah. The fishing pole means when it's third and 10, get nine yards. Have your receiver run nine yards. Yep. <sighs> All right. So question wise. So this is the um, today as we're, ta- as we're recording this is the uh, fourth anniversary of the Chicago Cubs winning the World Series. Yes. A great day in American history. It should be taught. Um, it should be. I don't care in Kansas. In, in Kansas, they can refuse to to teach evolution. That's fine. As long as they spend a good at least a quarter during the year, just on games, games five, six, and seven. You don't have to just dwell on game seven, but five, six, and seven. Yeah. So I was telling you before we started that, um, you know, even if they never win another one, I lived to see one, something my dad didn't do. And even my, my uh, both of my grandpas, but especially my, my uh, grandma, grandpa on my mom's side, who lived well into his 80s, um, would have had to have lived to be 106 to have seen the Cubs win the World Series. Because um, he was born in 1910. So he just missed it by two years. Right. So the question for you is, do you think we'll see another Bears Super Bowl championship in our lifetime? Oof. Wow. Well, and we're in the era of COVID, so who knows what, oh, that's what true. That's I mean, we, could, we could both be good. We might not be back next week. <laughs> assuming uh, we live to be a normal lifespan. I don't know what the average it's it's used to be what? It was like for men it was like seventy two. I think it's higher than that now. It's like seventy seven or something. Say um, if we live into our mid eighties. Will we see it again? Yes, and I, and the reason will be because the McCaskies will have sold the team well <laughs> before the the Bears next Super Bowl victory. That would be the reason. All right, I'll buy that. Yeah. We can hope. All right. Will they, will we ever see, because this was great. There's a whole bingo card you should have during every Bears game. I get, you know, like the, the, the after, the late Sunday games are basically a national game. I mean, the national windows are basically in order. I think the Fox Sunday game, I think it typically gets the, the Fox, if, if Fox has a 325 central late game, that's going to be the highest rated game of the weekend. Then it's the Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Then it's the if CBS has a three twenty five game, just because the AFC gets a little lower rated. That's like the third, and then Monday night is maybe fourth. But but those are typically treated like the four, and then I guess Thursday night goes in there somewhere. So let's say there's five national games. Yeah. Whenever the Bears are on, we know there are things we have to endure. We have to endure the. Especially if they play a guy like if when they played Brady, when it was going to happen, when it was Breeze, yeah. they're going to list how many quarterbacks the Bears have used yeah. while while Drew has been quarterback of the Saints. Like we knew that right. was coming. 
Right. But this one, they went one little level higher, which was they talked about Sid Luckman. Mm-hmm. That is like the, that's the biggest kick in the pants as a Bear fan is they have to go back 70 years yeah. to the last time the Bears had a good quarterback. That's that's the triple dog Daria version of that discussion. When they go back to, to Sid. So now there's a great, um, I shouldn't say great. I'm throwing the superlatives around a little long. There's a good YouTube, NFL Network YouTube thing um, called uh, NFL Throwback. It's Kyle Brandt and Peter Schrager from the Good Morning Football team. They will pick, and maybe this was just a COVID thing. Um, they would pick a, a game from the past and they would break it down for like 45 minutes. Uh, one of the games they picked was a Cowboys, I think I'm getting the game right, a Cowboys Niners NFC Championship game. And Brant, who's a Chicago area guy, um, wanted to make sure they showed the coin toss. Because it was, I don't know if it was like the 75th anniversary of the NFL, it was something like that. They brought some former greats out to the field in, you know, they the, the doddering old guys in their, in their jerseys. And one of them was Sid Luckman. And Sid comes out and Sid had been told he was going, maybe he didn't, they told him, you're going to go out to do the coin toss. In Sid's mind, that was, I'm going to throw, I'm going to actually toss the coin. When maybe what they said was, you guys are just going to go out. Because he's not the only like former NFL great who's out on the field. Well, he goes right. out there, and the ref shows him shows all of them the coin. And Sid like wants it. <laughs> Sid's in his 80s. Yeah. And the ref takes it and throws it. And Sid's pissed. <laughs> um, no, it must have been a – no, it was a Packer – maybe it was a Packer-Niner game. It was. I think it might have been the T.O. game. Um, because Favre sees that – um, Sid is pissed and like loves it. The fact that this fact that this old guy is like mm-hmm. super pissed because he's like, uh, uh-uh, you were told I was gonna throw, I was gonna toss the coin I didn't get to, and he comes over like puts his arm around Sid and says something nice to him, and Sid laughs and like gives him a little punch, and then he dodders off the field. Um, I don't know other than the fact that he brought up Sid Luckman and it made me think of that. The fact that. Um, <laughs> Because he was, I mean, it's all, I, I actually feel kind of bad for Sid, who's long dead now. Yeah. He's almost like, he was so good so long ago, and the Bears haven't had a good quarterback since, that's almost devalued. Like, oh, they haven't had a good quarterback since Sid Luckman. Well, Sid Luckman was, he was great. He wasn't just he was a really good, good quarterback. He was a great quarterback. But I, I, absolutely. But I always, I always, I think that McMahon always gets slighted in that because McMahon, when he was healthy, was, the perfect quarterback for that team. Yeah, that's true. And as Peyton has said too, if McMahon isn't doesn't get hurt, yeah, we win three in a row. Right. But, but he always he always gets slighted on that. Yeah. But but for that team in that era, I oh, mean, he was great. I, he was uh, great. He was, he was awesome. We had a we had a great. I loved team. him. I I read. I don't yeah. know how many times I read his book McMahon with an exclamation point. <laughs> I read it a yeah. bunch in like sixth or seventh grade. He spent a lot of time coming up with that title. Yes. Yeah. I think. Do, we do you remember that? Wrote it with Rick Riley, maybe? Do you remember when McMahon had a bar downtown in Lincoln Park? No, but I think, didn't they all? 
Does Walter Payton still have a roadhouse? No, probably. <laughs> I don't think so. But they would sell sweatshirts in this bar, and it'd be like just like a pair of glasses, sunglasses on the sweatshirt. We we thought that was the coolest. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, one of the things about my my four years at the uh, athletic was that yeah, I was like the fourth or fifth guy they hired because it started it was going to be a it was going to be a national and now a global thing but they had to start somewhere they started in chicago and um so the original guys were like john greenberg and sahadev and scott powers and then um i was like the fourth or fifth guy that they hired um was this 20 what 2016 it's winner of I think I think my first column appeared March of 2016. Um, it was an open letter to Matt Merton, <laughs> who was returning to the Cubs. He tried. He came to spring training that year. He was trying to make the Cubs, and I was basically filling him in on all the things that had changed since he left, <laughs> and how things were a little better. It was a blatant ripoff of a letter, an open letter I wrote to Nomar right after the Nomar trade. So already, I hadn't written my first column yet for them. Already out of ideas. <laughs> ripping myself off. Right. So I was one of the early ones. Well, it started out not long after that. The athletic has started to expand and grab a lot of guys. For the longest time, there was a stream of guys they hired who had blocked me on Twitter. Um, guys like Mike Lombardi, Dan Pompey, <laughs> Richard Deitch, who has since unblocked me. Okay. Um, and... Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, can we hire can we hire somebody guys who aren't assholes? I mean, would that would that be possible? And then I think, well, they hired me. So I guess no. The answer is no, they can't. Um so I don't know what they pay Pompey. I don't know. But he's he's literally just I don't know if you read his I don't know if you subscribe to the athletic. Yeah, I do. I I read his thing. So he morning. writes a little a little bullet point thing after every bear game, which must take him I'll all of four minutes to do. <laughs> right. I get mad every time I, I I just pull it up just to piss myself off. Oh, here's Pompeii. I'm going to read it. I'm going to get mad. It's like, oh, just could you put some effort into it? Please, could you make it look like you tried instead of you scribbled four things down on a napkin and then had somebody, had somebody type it up for you? Could you send that in? He probably just takes a picture of it, sends it to Greenberg, and makes him type it. <laughs> One of the things he scrawled was... Um, Something about it was about Javon Wims, and it was you know maybe he's a great guy, maybe he's you know, his teammates love him, but all we know we saw that undisciplined thing out on the field, and uh, maybe or uh, whether they keep him or not will say a lot about Matt Nagy and the way he runs his team. What would happen to him? what would Mike Ditka do? That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. What would Mike Ditka do? It's like what would Mike Ditka do? Ditka would be like, no, 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 you don't punch the guys on the other team. Do it like <laughs> me. You punch fans. That's who you punch. Because right. Ditka's most famous one of well, I mean he was he was also a great player, but he yeah. he punched a, a fan ran on the field, and Ditka punched him right in the face, just knocked him deader than crap right on the field. Which is you know it's fine if you run on the field you deserve to get it. Yeah, he has to be pissed that Mike Curtis from the from the Colts is more famous for doing it. He did the exact same thing, but uh, apparently there must have been a better camera angle when Curtis did it to some poor fan. Cause that's the guy who gets all the credit for punching, for punching a fan when they come out onto the field. But right. Right. Like, hey, Dan, that's what Dickie would have done. Told him to <laughs> punch a fan instead. Or throw gum at him. Something. Yeah. 
and then go out and get hammered afterwards. So this week, the Bears are off to uh, the uh, COVID capital of the United States, Nashville, mm. um, to take on... Isn't it the, Green Bay, technically? So it'd be more... Oh, that's true. I just know that for a while there, the, the Titans and had a had it rampaging through their team, and yeah. then Vanderbilt also had it really bad, and then there was like a bunch of high school games got canceled. So it was like, all right, well, don't try to play... Don't try to play football right now in Nashville. Right. Or, or Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin might cancel their game Saturday. Yeah. Because they have such a... Yeah, they were up oh, to... They were into the 20s, right? The 20s, yeah. Because, yeah. of course, there was a conspiracy theory out in Lincoln. <laughs> um, in, the, uh, in, their exciting, so in their exciting win over Illinois. Yeah. Um, the Badgers' first-round quarterback, or first-string quarterback, hurt his foot. And he was going to miss the game. Well, then COVID took out the coach and yeah. the next two quarterbacks. They were down to their fourth string quarterback. Right. And so then they said, "We've got we got too much of this. We're we're it's not safe for us to travel. We're not coming. We're not coming to Lincoln and infecting all of you guys." Well, it turns out everybody in Lincoln already has it anyway. Pete Ricketts <laughs> is making sure of that. Um, but so in in Nebraska, they were all pissed off. they were basically saying they don't want to come because they know that if they come here with their fourth string quarterback, we're going to beat them. And I was yeah, like, I would well, have loved, that's a game I would have loved to have bet on. Because yeah. I don't care if they have the tuba player from the Wisconsin, from the, from the Wisconsin marching band, they're still going to beat Nebraska. Oh, God, yes. Um, God, so, yes. yeah, so then there was that whole thing. Well, then the cases kept going. And, right. You know, the Badgers kept breaking their record every day, and they had <laughs> Which, I, They're playing my team, the, the Boilermaker. They're supposed to play Purdue on Saturday. And what's odd about this whole situation is that, Wisconsin will evidently let the world know tomorrow if there's a game or not. Not the Big Ten Conference. Yeah. Like, Wisconsin will tell us if we are playing tomorrow, evidently. Like, oh, that's how that works? The school with the outbreak just kind of gets to declare we're, we're playing or we're not? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't. The Big Ten has some, I guess to their credit, maybe. They have, they're like COVID protocols are like iron clad. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, if you do this, do this, this. And so Wisconsin was basically able to say whatever the next thing they needed to clear before the Nebraska game, they weren't going to be able to do it. They're like, nope, there's no way. So we're not going to play. So remember what Nebraska did. Nebraska, the game gets called off. The Big Ten schools all agreed that we're, keep, we're only playing conference games. That's it. Yep. Nebraska goes out, calls Tennessee Chattanooga and goes, you guys want to come play Saturday? Yeah. And Chattanooga's like, sure, we'll take a big check to come play. Yeah. And so then they call the Big Ten, like, we're going to play Tennessee Chattanooga on Saturday. And the Big Ten's like, no, you're, <laughs> no, you're not. not. <laughs> you're not just going to bring in some random team from freaking Tennessee yeah. who hasn't been testing, who hasn't been doing any of this stuff, and play them. You do, you no. don't, you, you don't, you don't have a game this week. Everybody hates us. It's like, oh, well, yeah, we do. Yeah. And they're also like, you know what? Ask us something else, Nebraska. We'll make you play Ohio State again. <laughs> That's right. They should. <laughs> you know, Ohio State's got a game this week, but they're going to send. They're sending their second string. Yeah, right. And that uh, would be plenty. first string beat you by forty. These guys might only beat you by twenty-one. Right. Ohio State's first string is going to play Michigan. Their second string is going to come to Nebraska <laughs> and kick your ass. <laughs> 
the so in the NFL this week, they have this. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if they've been doing it all along or they added it, but they do this. Um, they do the spit test thing. You know, they get tested at various times during the week. Everybody takes does the little spit test thing um, on Sunday morning before the game. The results not available till Sunday night. What does that do? So AJ Dillon from the Packers played in the game yesterday. Game ends. They're like, oh, by the way, AJ, you have COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's a. Then now they're worried that he will have wiped out uh, part of the like the Packer offense. Just won't be available next week right. because not only did he have COVID, but he had it and he played in the game. And maybe the Vikings defense and whoever else he came in contact with. So what is the purpose of the Sunday test? If you can't if you can't turn it around before the game starts, why are you doing it? Right. Major League Baseball could ask the same yeah. thing. Because um, there was a play that we didn't talk about. The, I think it was the end of the first quarter with Breeze to Comera for like 48 yards. And, and the defense was running away from Comera as if he was Justin Turner. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to hug us. No, <laughs> get away! Get away! Um, yeah, I don't understand what what the point of that is, and I don't understand how Justin Turner finds out in the second inning, or what was pulled in the seventh, and then celebrates anyway. What that was all Yeah, he. So they said that he had a his first test was inconclusive, which they say happens. Yes, and it's, the MLB protocol all season had been. Unless you have a positive test, you can play. Right. But if you get an inconclusive one, you have to take another test. So that's what they did. Um, but apparently, like, his inconclusive one was from the day before. Yeah. And then so was this test. Like, they got the results during game, or, or the day of game, World Series ended in six. So game five. Yeah, whatever. They're like, oh, yeah. you got an inconclusive test. You better take another one. So he takes it. They have to, they can't test there. They have to ship it to Utah. So it goes right. to Utah. They finally get it there. They test it. The results come back during the game. So they take him off the field, to which I was reading an account where, like, Cody Bellinger is out in center field. There's a ground ball hit. He looks over, and it's not <laughs> Justin Turner. And he's like, what the hell? Why isn't he in the game? Like, well, no, he's right. back in the clubhouse with COVID. I think the best thing would have been, so, the you know, Apparently, according to according to MLB, they tried to keep him off the field. The Dodgers tried to keep him off the field. He just wasn't having any of it, so he ran out there. It would have been great right. if you know if word had gotten around to all everybody. Turner has it. If he comes out and everybody on the team is like, "Get!" Away. It's like no, and they're like like <laughs> running away from like throwing things at him, like go away. We've made it through the whole goddamn season, and you're gonna right. give us all COVID on the la- the last ten minutes of the season, jackass. <laughs> They're chucking their World Series cap at him. <laughs> Somebody throws the trophy at him. Here, you want the trophy? Take it. Get get out of here. Don't give it back. <laughs> um, so was so, it? Oh, Bears, Titans, Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Titans have lost two in a row. Um, the fact that the Bear defense is one huge Achilles heel is they can't stop the run. I can't imagine they're going to have any problems with Derrick Henry. No. No. I'll be fine. Um, but the Titans lost to the Bengals yesterday. So they should be real pissed. Yeah. 
yeah, on one hand, you can look at it and go, well, if the Bengals could beat them. On the other hand, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen two weeks in a row. Yeah, no. Because they're probably looking at, um, probably looking at the uh, Bears as a, another Bengal quality opponent. Like, we're going to beat this one. Yeah. Let's see what the line is. Well, we know the over-under is 42 or 43. Yeah. That never changes week to week. Oh. Oh. It's a big one. The over-under is higher than normal. Um. Titans by five and a half, which Oof. I guess is factored into the over/under, which is forty-six and a half. Oh my goodness! That's Although looks, they've adjusted these up quite well, actually, don't get too excited yet, oh. because it looks like they're finally, they're adjusting all the point spreads. Uh, Green Bay, San Francisco is fifty-one. Buffalo, Seattle's fifty-four and a half. Uh, Detroit, Minnesota's fifty-three and a half. So other than Baltimore and Indianapolis, and the oh, and here's a poo-poo platter for you: Giants, <laughs> Redskins. They're the only Whoa. ones with a lower over/under. Giant than Bears Giants, f- Giants football team. I must correct you. Oh, I said Redskins. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> the football. So there's a question. The football team and the Giants, forty-three. <laughs> so there's a question. I would take the under. Ooh, that's a Bears like. So here's a question. Will at any point in the regular season the Bears ever have an over under line in the fifties? Um will that ever happen for them? Well they play the Packers twice, so that's possible. I don't think so. Because I think even if forty six and a half is so low still. I mean even for uh I mean yeah. they get there. You're like, ah, let's get you know, twenty four, twenty three? No, they can't possibly do that. Uh, 23-20 yesterday, though, right? 26-23. Oh, 26-23. But it took overtime. Had to play an extra eight and a half minutes. That's right. To get o- And they went over. Oh. They went over. Maybe that's why. Hmm. How about it is? They're like, oh, the Bears, that offense is a juggernaut now. They scored 23 yeah. points. In- well, maybe it's the Santos factor. They're like, this guy, can- this guy can't miss. It could be. Um, Yeah, oh, another Pompeii gem. Uh He, what did he say about it? It wasn't just that, because I would agree with this. If he said, all right, Cairo Santos is the best kicker since Robbie Gold. Because he probably is, given the the parade of stooges they've yeah. had since. Oh, yeah, there's some snarky comment about it, yeah. But it was something, he, he made it, I mean, I like Cairo, and I would just assume we never see Eddie Pinero again. But even yeah. he, Pompey even overstated that. I mean, it was like, you know, greatest kicker since um, Jan Stenerud or something. Do you do you remember what you did or said that got Pompey to block you? I, I always look it up, and it's always it's never that bad. It just it just it reinforces how thin skinned uh, some of these guys are. Where's his? Yeah. Nothing better than looking stuff up. I don't know. Here it goes. <laughs> Let's just read. For those of you who don't pay for the athletic, I'm going to read columns to you, so it'll be free. That's what they get for firing me. Um, 
Cairo Santos is the universe's way of making up for Cody Parkey. The last time the Bears were as confident in their kicker, they were looking for a reason to get rid of Robbie Gold. All right, I guess he basically uh, said. I guess he basically said what I meant that he said. It's the best kicker since Robbie Gold. That's. I think that's true, but it wouldn't take that much. Yeah. No. To be the best kicker since Robbie Gold. <clears throat> so. Um. If the Bears lose, five and one, all of a sudden it's become five and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the playoffs started today, the Bears aren't in them. That's how quickly they are that not in them. Went. Yeah. Had they beaten two weeks ago, had they beaten the Rams, they not only would have been the number one overall seed in the NFC, they would have had tiebreakers against two pretty critical non-division opponents: the Tampa and the Rams right now they would be tied for the last playoff spot with the Rams, which the Rams would get because they have the head to head win over the bears. That's how quickly things change. Um, you know, cause we, we basically conflated the five is the five and one start the football equivalent of the David Ross 13 and three start in the 60 game season. And I, 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 figured it was it's not yeah me too <laughs> and maybe it's not because you're not being chased by the cardinals brewers and reds and reds yeah yes. although i the packers aren't any damn good i mean they rolled up a lot of points early in the season but they you know so the last couple of weeks tampa had beat the living crap out of them Physically slapped them yeah. around, and then the Vikings did the exact same thing. And the Vikings are no damn good. No, but they, yeah, but they were supposed to be good. We thought they were going to be good, so well, maybe they're knew, just getting good. Late. Like last year, oh yeah, the Vikings are supposed to be good. Although the Vikings seem to be just be trading everybody. That's true. It's like, oh, you can have him. You want him? Yeah, fine. Take that guy too, and we'll still beat the Packers. <laughs> we don't care. We're just going to give it to Dalvin Cook eighty times. But see, that's the thing. The key to beating the Packers the last couple of years has been to run the ball. The Niners ran it up their ass uh, two times last year. The Vikings just did it again. The Bears can't and won't do it. No. So they basically no. have no shot of winning either of those games. So there's two more losses. You lose yeah. to Tennessee. I'm seven and nine would not shock me. Five oh, and one to seven and nine. Oof. Which basically is the it's the it's it's the exact same thing that the immortal 89 bears did where they started four and all went six and 10. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, well. but they can always shut us up. One thing about this is I'm wrong so much that no matter how negative I get about a team, it should be a silver lining to other fans. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's what this podcast is. All right, well, I think we've I think we've run out of things to complain about. Unless you have something else you'd like to. Are we are we, are we gonna are we gonna talk about the election for the next two hours now or is that? Oh, that's right. Now we have that? to talk about. Um, so <laughs> the I've already set up. I have the decision desk set up right over here, and uh, to keep things as um, you know as formal as possible, I will not be discussing 
the opinion side here, I will not be discussing anything with myself at the decision desk. So that these decisions are made. Yes. I want the sanctity of the decision desk. Um, You will have a plastic sneeze guard in place for privacy and for COVID reasons. So I read a thing about the, uh, the Fox news decision desk Um, for all of their many faults. And I know there are people who listen to this who probably watch Fox news and um, that's fine. I, I'm sure you also pay someone to read the Chirons to you. But um, one of the things Fox has traditionally had is they're, the guys who run that are really good at what they do mm-hmm. and super aggressive about making calls. And um, so in 2008, like the, it, the typical opinion side, it was like O'Reilly and Hannity and um, Carl Rove was a guest. He was like filling in. They were going on and on about how, well, looking at this looks good for Romney here. It looks good for Romney here. And the decision desk pays no attention to what's actually being talked about on the other busy making the calls. And while right. they're talking about it, the Chris Wallace pops up and says, uh, based on uh, current results and projections, we can say that Barack Obama has been reelected as president of the United States. <laughs> And it shoots back to the three blowhards who are all like, what? No, that's ridiculous. And Rove is like yelling at the at the decision desk. And he's like, yeah. that's ridiculous. I, you're not looking at the same stuff I'm looking at. And they're like, no, we're actually looking at real numbers. We're looking to at the, better stuff. To the point where they actually sent Megyn Kelly over during their broadcast to interview the guy in charge of the decision desk. Like Hawk Harrelson running down to the locker room. Yeah, check on Todd Frazier. Uh, and the guy at the decision desk is basically like, she's like, well, how can you be sure? And he's like, well, we've been sure for like the last 20 minutes. We just really wanted to double check and make sure before we yeah. made the announcement. He said, typically, we would have even been more aggressive, but we wanted to make sure. And then they go back to the yeah. other three, and they're like, oh. So I enjoyed uh, that. Uh, that was funny. So. Yeah, who knows? This might be well, the last podcast because this might be the, <laughs> could be the end of the world. Uh, coming up here in the next few days, but yeah, uh, all kinds of things can happen. We can blame it all on the but Cubs. I'm pretty sure that the <laughs> Cubs broke the universe when they won the World Series. It was wasn't even a week later, right? It was six days later, the election. Uh, yeah, Wednesday to yeah, it was the following Tuesday. Yeah. That's right. Now, I distinctly six remember. Now, I was no, uh, I was no Hillary Clinton fan. But I distinctly remember. I'm down here. I've got the election on. I've got I don't know what like. I think the NBA, this NBA should be playing now. They were probably on yeah. running around. And I had on the laptop, I had two sites that I could go back and forth and refresh. It's 538.com and the New York Times. They both had their like little like projector thing. Right. And early on, you're projecting it. And it's like, you know, Clinton has a, you know, 85% chance of winning the election. And other states' results were coming in. And at some point, it actually went up. And then other results started to come in, and that thing started to slide the other way, like fast. Like you would almost see it, like right. heading in the other direction. And um, my wife came down. She's also not a big Hillary fan, but she comes down. And she's like, so what do you think? And I just turned the laptop and showed it to her. I'm like, I think we're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I remember uh. So I don't know uh, – so this is kind of sports related because Nate Silver got his start mm-hmm. doing crunching baseball numbers. Um, yeah. So he was talking about how 
Um, the projections didn't get it wrong. It's that people don't understand um, like basic probability, which is if if somebody if somebody has an eighty percent chance of winning, they also have a twenty percent chance of losing. Right. You know, it's like one in you know it's basically it's a one in five chance. And. Um, Which SNL kind of lampooned that yeah, very thing. Yeah, they had him. They had him although they gave him, they still gave him better hair than he really has. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, with the six-sided die, and he rolls yeah. it, and it's a one. Oh, what are the odds of rolling again? He rolls it again and rolls it again. <laughs> um, so he, it was infuriating. Then he said, um, he's like, because right now, if you look at it, our projections, uh, Biden has an eighty-nine percent chance of of winning. So. Trump has basically a one in ten chance, um, but yeah, you know, if you really look at the numbers, there's not a lot of difference between a one in ten chance and a uh, uh, or in a ten in in a ten out of a hundred chance and a thirty five out of a hundred chance. There's really not that much. It's like, what do you mean there's not that much? One of them is one in ten. One of them is one in three. It seems like there's a lot. That seems like a significant <laughs> difference. So if you want to give yourself that yeah. much leeway. Uh, I do not want to go to Las Vegas with you. Yeah, it's like, okay. oh no, that's basically the same. It's just, like, no, it's not. Like, I've got, I've got a thousand dollars to bet, egghead. It's different. If I have yeah. a nine in ten chance or a one in three chance, I'd like to know if what the difference is. If you're telling yeah, me there's no statistical like I... difference, <laughs> it's not like I bought the second lottery ticket and my odds didn't improve at all. That I get. Well, yeah, one in ten and one in three—that's that's that's quite the range there. Yeah, it's one of my uh, one of my favorite things to do. You know, when the lottery gets—I'm one of those morons who, you know, Powerball gets up to three hundred million dollars. I'm gonna go get me a ticket. Yeah, but I always only buy one. I just get one. I get a quick pick, randomly pick the numbers, give it to me. I either win or I don't. But I always love being in line behind somebody who will buy like twenty. Yeah. It's like you basically number. like we. I'm taking my one dollar and I'm lighting it on fire, yeah. but you literally are taking nineteen dollars and lighting them on fire because you didn't move the, your chances at all. But you spent yeah. an extra nineteen dollars to do it. Right, and they're reading from their iPhone or more likely a, a notepad. Uh, okay, these are my numbers. So I, on this one, I need the twelve. I need the nineteen. Yeah, I've got a whole system figured out. These, these are my favorite numbers. My the first time I could buy a lottery ticket, a legal lottery ticket, was um, the January of um, the Bulls' first title run, and it was back when the good old Illinois Lotto picked five numbers. So I will know for the rest of my life what five numbers I picked. I picked five. 23, 24, 33, 54. I picked the Bulls starting lineup. Those were my numbers. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Didn't win. So screw Phil Jackson. Because hmm. it turns out if he'd started B.J. Armstrong instead of Phil, of uh, John Paxson, I would have won $22 million. See? No, that's go. not true. I mean, but it could have been true. And if it was, I would have sued Then we'd Phil. be doing this. Yeah. No, I'd still be doing this. Because it's like my dad, the farmer, he, he'd play the lottery. and Somebody would be like, so Mike, what are you going to do? If you win the lottery, say, oh, oh, but just keep farming until all the money's gone. Keep on farming. Yep. All right. All right. So uh, 
you know, Bears Titans get a win, go back to six and three. Everybody's happy. I'm sure Nick Foles have a big game, and uh, that'll yeah. stop the quarterback thing. I can't wait to see the Trubisky package, phase two. It's going to really be something. Yeah, he just teased it out against the Saints. They're going to see a whole another level. Yeah. Come see, Sunday, Mitch looks bored. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for him. Can they at least let him be the holder? Let him do something. He's got to have something to do during the games. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't even have a right. clipboard. Plus, that would be. <laughs> they don't even do that anymore. It used to be that you know, they always had the cap on and the clipboard. And was, nobody knew what they were writing, but they were writing. It's like Brian yeah. Gumble at the end of every real sports segment, just writing random stuff down. The quarterbacks used to look cool. They did that. Now they just stand there, you know, looking confused. Yeah, he's just got a parka on. He's got a parka. He doesn't even have a headset. It's just yeah. Plus, if they use him as a holder, well, there's a whole nother. Well, look at all the options we can, all the fakes we can run now with Mitch here. That'll, how could that? And how could that possibly go wrong? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. All right. We'll right, see we'll, what happens. All right. All we'll right. See you next week, Mike. Sounds good. Many of us have herpes. 